Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. I, I want to I continue on in the series that we're in. Uh, God, months ago, God led me to this, this time and, and because it fits so well surrounding Easter. We've been talking about four promises that God gave all of us and He has for all of us. And He made a lot of promises in the Bible, but four specific promises that He gave to us. And He first revealed it to the people in the Moses story. How many of you heard of Moses? Right. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, a little bit of review, but I'm going to take you all on a journey today because the story of Moses is an amazing, amazing journey. You remember how God delivered people, the people out of Egypt, right? The Israelites, he delivers them out of Egypt. And whenever they came out, they celebrated these promises every year and they called it Passover. Say Passover. They call this Passover. That's the Jewish celebration, what Jewish people call it. And, and, and as a Christian version of that, it would be Easter. It would be Easter, and we celebrate that today. We celebrated Passover last Sunday, right? How many of you were, last, were here last week? Man, did we have some church last week or what? That was incredible, right? If you missed last week, I'm sorry, right? I'm just sorry. But if you miss next week, I pray the fleas of a thousand camels find your shorts. Just kidding, that'd be rough. Like, ooh, what's that guy thinking of? Yeah. Um, Don't miss next week. Next week, we're celebrating baptisms. And And if you've given your life to Jesus and haven't been baptized yet, telling the whole world that you are are living for him, let's dunk you. I won't hold you under very long, as long as your wife or your spouse tells me to, okay? Right, just as long as the bubbles stop coming up, you know what I'm saying? No, it'll be a great, it's a celebration. Baptism around here isn't some somber, no, no, it's a party, y'all. We're going to order extra donuts, we're going to gather around, right, we're going to dunk some people, we're going to cheer, we're going to, yeah, it's a party, Why? Because what is baptism? It's simply telling the whole world, I'm following Jesus. Am I doing it perfect? No. No. I'm wet like all of you. But I'm following him, and I'm I'm choosing to do that. So listen, even if today you make a decision to follow Christ today, and that's going to happen for many people, I'm just telling you, next Sunday, bloop, dunk. Invite your mom, invite your neighbor. Don't bring your cat, but everything else is welcome. (laughs) Smile at me, you know what I'm saying. People are allergic, namely me and my trigger finger, you know what I'm saying. It's all right. I get twitchy. I get itchy, I get twitchy. (laughs) So I better get back to my notes, (laughs) y'all. Gentlemen are standing in the back, they're like... Eat an extra donut, guys. I'll be with you in a moment. So the promises that God has for us, the original promises of God, which have been in place for more than 3,500 years, God wanted to do this in your life all along. What I'm going to talk to you today about is what God has desired to do in your life forever. So in Exodus chapter 6, and I hope you got some notes when you came in. If you didn't get some notes when you came in, I hope your neighbor has a long arm. Because i got a lot to say to you. But Exodus 6, verses 6 and 7 says this. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and will bring you out. Say, bring you out. Bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So the Jewish people call this the four I wills. The four I wills. Right? The four I wills. These four things that God wants you to do in your life. These are four things that God desires to do for you in your life. And the reason why you need to know this is because you're on a spiritual journey. Some of you are like, no, I'm not. No, you are. Because you have a spirit. You may not even want to be on a spiritual journey. It's okay. You're on one. You have a spirit and God has you on this journey. Because, because of that, it's already in you. So there's, there's always going to be a longing for what God has for you. You are going to ask questions your whole life. 
That's the spirit within you asking so that you can connect with God. And the reason why you need to know this is because on that spiritual journey, on that spiritual journey along the way, you're going to face some some ideas along that journey, right? The first thing that that God wants you to, 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 to do with you or for you on this journey is God says, I will bring you out. I will bring you out. Out of what? He's not saying I'm interested in cha- changing you. He said, I'm not, I'm, it's, not, it's not what he's saying. He's not saying here, I'm interested in you changing every part of your life. That's not what God is saying. I'm not interested in you praying a lot. God didn't even say that. He's, 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 or, or even going to church. He's not even interested in you being nice to people. Some of you are like, got that one nailed. Those are all good things. They'll come later. But what God is saying is I'm interested in starting with this. I'm interested in starting to get to know you and to get you out of the condition that you're in. All of us know intrinsically inside that there are some areas of our life that we need out of. The Bible, to use the language of Scripture, you're under a yoke. Right, there's something heavy on you, something so under bondage, under slavery, right? And to them, it was the slavery of the Egyptians. These people, the Israelites, they were literally slaves in Egypt under the Pharaoh, okay? And, and, and they were slaves. The process is called, that, that God's bringing us out, it's called sanctification, Okay, that's the biblical process, the theological term we're talking about. It's the one we're talking about today. And it goes on to say what will happen. He says, after I get you out, and it's important to know what happens after. God is saying, you don't clean yourself up before you come out. Right? You don't clean yourself up before you get to know God. You don't clean yourself up prior to knowing him. That's not a prerequisite. Well, I I thought I needed to, you know, have my life pretty well squared away. No. No, you can be an absolute mess like the rest of the people on your row. Smile at them right now. I said that about them, not you. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, I thought this whole thing meant that I had to, you know, get up and wear an ill-fitting suit and then, no. No, why would you want to do that? Right? God wants you first. To come out of the slavery that you're in. Look at, look at Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. I will free. I will free you. I will free you. That's what he says. Listen, I already thought he did that. No. He got them out of Egypt, but they still had a heart of what? Slavery. He got them out of Egypt, but then they had a still heart of, heart of slavery. So they were going to heaven, but they still have issues that they're battling. Do, does that resonate with anyone? They have habits that are driving them crazy. They have addictions. They have attitude issues, anger problems. They have relationship issues. Anybody with me? Okay. This is deliverance. God's trying to get them out of slavery. God wants to get us out of the bondage or slavery that, that we currently are in. He wants us out of the sin nature that is, that is attached to us. And, and that's what we're going to talk about next week. Next week will be a good one. Don't miss. And God says, after I get you out, I want to free you. I want to free you. I want to set you free. How many, how many of you know that just that word just sounds good? Right? It just sounds good. I don't care if it's donuts or setting my soul free. A free sounds good. In other words, don't, I don't just stay there. I'm not just bound. I don't just stay there. And this is where most of us get stuck. This is it. Research research shows that 87% of Christians never get out of this third promise. We never never get to here. And it's tragic. This third promise we're talking about. And I want to, here it is. I want to redeem you. 
Redeem means to put you back to your original intent, to redeem you, to restore you. In other words, to know why you exist. Most people never know why they exist. They're like, I don't know, second shift is what they tell me. Like, no, you don't exist for second shift. You exist for so much more. How many of you believe that inside? Many people don't know why they exist. I believe there's two great days in your life, the day you're born and the day you discover why you were born. Those are good days, right? The day you were born, that's your birthday. We should celebrate your mom. Instead, we give you stuff, right? (laughs) All the mamas in the house said, that's me. But probably more important than even the day you were born is the day you find out why. And then the last promise, most people never even touch this one. Check it out. Exodus 6, again, 6 and 7. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outside charm, and I will, and with, with mighty acts of judgment, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. I will take you as my own. The last thing he wants to do is put you in a group, a family, a team, where you're connected with other people to strategy to make a difference in the world. And you haven't lived yet until you're on a journey with other people that are making a common difference upon the earth. It is incredible. It's incredible. A couple, two, three years back, we took a group of guys from New Mexico. We flew to Panama. And in three days, we built a church from the ground up. And then we went fishing for a couple days. It was awesome. We planned to not ever fish. We planned just to build. But we built fast so we could fish. Smile at me. But you can't make that kind of a difference in the world if you're not with people. I could have gone by myself there. There still wouldn't be a church, right? Be like a little bungalow, tarp under a tent. You know what I'm saying? But today, there'll be three, three to 500 people that gather in that block building under that metal roof, under a hot Panamanian sun, that get out of the sun for a little while to hear the hope of Jesus Christ. That couldn't happen if we were flying solo. What could you be a part of? What could you be a part of to make a difference in the world? Even non-Christian sociologists have discovered this is true. That's what Maslow's hierarchy of needs discovered. The highest level of learning is when you're making a difference on this earth. That's it. It's only then where he says, you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke or the bondage of the Egyptians. One of my beefs, is that when people reject Christianity, they only reject what they think it is. And usually their thoughts come from wrong ideas. This is what it's, this is what it's all about, or that's what it all, it's all about. Or they, they had a poor representation somewhere shown to them, right? They had a mean church lady on their, on their block. You ever met her? Right? You ever met the old church curmudgeon guy? You know what I'm saying? He always has the tie on that's way too short. You know, you know what I'm saying? Tie hits him about here. All the guys in the room that wore a tie today are checking the length right now. And they're like, dear God, don't let it be me. Right? <laughs> you know the ones, though? I mean, they just drive you nuts. You're like, if you're like Jesus, I don't want to be like you. Right? I mean, for one, did Jesus have breath that could kill a donkey? You know what I'm saying? I, I've met some sweet, dear people that love the Lord that need a breath mint. They got halitosis. <laughs> Smile with me. Hey, listen, if you hadn't figured it out by now, I have fun in church. If I'm going to be here, I'm going to have fun. Okay? And if you don't like that, there's places where there's no fun. I can introduce you to those people. Take some breath mints with you. 
True, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. God wants, God wants four things for you. He wants to save you. Come on. Salvation. He wants to save you. The Christian term for that is salvation. He wants to get you out of the yoke of bondage. He wants to set you free from the Egypt of your life. The bondage that you're in. So salvation, listen, salvation isn't joining a church. Salvation is when you're no longer under the, the, the bondage that you were in at one time. So then after you're saved, he wants you to experience New levels of freedom. He wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver you from the bondage that you were in. Then he wants to put you back to the original intent. God created you. He wants to restore you. His idea was really good. Right? It's good enough he never needed another idea. Think about that. Some of you, you've started lunch today and you're like, Shifted halfway through, you're like, oh, this meal is not going where I want it to do. So your family's going to eat pizza. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. I don't know. If the shoe goes, if the, if the shoe fits, right, Mike? Yeah, don't go home barefoot. That's what, that's what Mike Russell says. The shoe fits. God wants to restore you. To restore you. So that you could live this life of incredible, write this one down, fulfillment. God wants your life to be full. For you to be able to live a life of fulfillment, to fulfill you. And so we, we work really hard. We design a lot of things around the church, okay, to fulfill these four things. Even if we don't talk about them a lot of the time, this is what we're doing. We want these four things to happen in all of you. So we designed the programming of the church with these in mind, okay? These things. We can do a lot of things. These are the top four things. We could, we could be, as a church, we could, we, could be, we could be a social justice church. We're not going to be. You know why? Because they don't, they don't compare to these things. These four things. They're the things. Come on, everybody. Right? We could be the tackle the hunger of the world, church. Hungry people need a bite. Come on. It's a good thing. We give toward those things, yes? At men's conference this year, we packaged 56,000 meals for people in New Mexico. Some of those went other places, but a lot of them stayed right here in New Mexico for, for people that are hungry. And we paid for them. <laughs> we didn't just package them like, woo, we did it. We bought them. Then we packaged them. Then we sent them. We paid the postage. Why? Because it's important that people have something to eat, yes? It's not the top four. I want you to understand there's more that God has for you. And they're found in the promises that God has. We want you to live and to experience life. Come on, everybody. We want you to experience life. People are searching in life. Is this all there is? Is this it? And I'm telling you, there has to be more. You all know this. There has to be. So this is what I did. I went back to the original story of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And if you, if you know much about it, you know that the Israelites went to Egypt because of a famine, right? There was a famine. And so they go to Egypt. In Egypt, there was a lot of food, right? They had lots of provision. And so they go to Egypt There's a during a time of famine. And, and there was a nice Pharaoh in the, the, the brown house at the time. It's a brown house over there. It's a white house over here, but it's a brown house over there. Have you seen the pyramids? Smile at me. Some of you think I'm, I'm serious. I'm joking. It's okay. But, but there was a nice Pharaoh in charge in that time. 
Okay, so the Pharaoh of the day said, yes, come, and they lived there. And then what happened? What happened is, is that their, 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 their population began to grow exponentially. It just began to swell. So the Hebrews, the, the Israelite people, their population grew inside the, the, this time. And, and Pharaoh, Pharaoh got worried. He got scared. And there's a new Pharaoh in office now, okay? So this new Pharaoh, after generations, he gets freaked out because he's like, oh my goodness, they're going to take over. They're going to take over. They're going to take over the country. So what's he do? He enslaves them. He rounds them all up, pushes them to some place. He enslaves them and puts them in the mud pits making bricks for his kingdom. That's what he does. <clears throat> but as I looked at the bondage and that the, the evil that Pharaoh put them in, check this out. That same demon spirit that was on them to treat them that way, still alive today. Like, like bondage hasn't changed, right? It hasn't changed. That yoke of bondage still exists. And, and, and I'll show you, okay? I'll show you a few things. Write these down. Number one, what did Pharaoh do? He forced them to make bricks. He forced them to make the bricks, he forced them to. And I, I looked up slavery or slave in Webster's, and it doesn't just mean that you're a slave to a person like we often attach that word. It literally means anytime you're submitted to a dominating influence. A dominating influence. So you could be a slave to your habits. You could be a slave to your spending. You could be a slave to your bitterness. Right? You could be a slave to your attitude. You could be a slave to drugs. I was going to say alcohol and drugs, but alcohol is a drug. Okay? It tells you how to live your life, and you don't even like it. Right? So you're living a life that you're almost required to live, and you don't want to live that kind of life. That's slavery. Right? And this is how people tell, this is how people tell me about it. They say, they say this, I feel stuck. I feel trapped in how I'm living. John chapter 8, verse 34 and 35 in the message paraphrase, it says this. Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead-end life and is, in fact, a slave. A slave is a transient. He wants to go places, but he can't come and go as he wants to. And if that resonates in the inside of you, you're a candidate for this very first promise that God is, is showing us right here. See, you thought salvation was for people who just wanted to go to church more. No. Salvation is for people who think, who, who feel like they have this, 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 this heavy weight of slavery, this attachment upon their life. And I'm telling you, it, it's no way to live. And you know that. You know that. You know it's not the way to live. Here's the second thing in the story. Pharaoh also, he murdered all the baby boys. This is always the plan, right? We know not just from biblical history, but history records outside the Bible. We know this. We know that this is an absolute fact. Uh, now, because of their multiplication was so fast, Pharaoh issues a decree that the baby boys be killed and thrown into the Nile River. Right? Like a, like a buffet day for the Crocs. Too much? Yes. And in essence, what he was trying to do was to destroy, listen to me, the upcoming potential that was in them. And in fact, let me say it this way. For generations, the devil still tried to kill babies. And what he's trying to do Stop the potential in them. This is why he does it. And some of us feel like I have some potential that has been stopped. There's been potential inside me that has been thwarted, that has been held at bay. Out of the three that I'm talking about, this would, have, this would be me. Personally. Before I was walking in the full knowledge of who I am in Christ, I was a completely different person. 
you would have never found me on a stage. If so, I was forced to be there and I hated it. I couldn't be confident, now I can be confident. I couldn't be bold, now I can be bold. I would have never been found in front of you. Before, I would have never been, I would have been serving if, if I had the choice outside the crowd, not even at the back of the crowd. I was the guy also who would do things so that people would like me. I would take any dare and I would double dog dare you. Right? I would do it all. And I felt trapped. But I knew that I was supposed to be doing something significant. Come on, everyone. I was supposed to be doing something, but I didn't know what it was. It was the devil trying to destroy the potential on the inside of me. That's what it was. It was the enemy trying to get me off course to destroy the potential in me. And here's what happens. You feel empty. If this is your situation, you feel empty. It's going through the motions, and it feels like you're secretly dying inside. Right? Here's the third thing that Pharaoh did. Number three in your notes, write this down. He required them to collect their own straw. Right? Well, what do you mean, Pastor Derek? What do you mean? Well, prior to this, the, the, outside their, the mud pits where they worked, the Egyptians would collect the straw for the, for the bricks and would bring them the straw. So in the morning when their shift started, there would be a giant pile of straw outside the mud pit there so that they could make their bricks. Now, Pharaoh says, yeah, I'm frustrated. You're going to have to gather your own straw before your day even starts. So what happens? Their day increases. Their workload increases. Pharaoh adds more to them. Yes? The burden gets heavier. There's just more. So now you have to get up earlier. Now you have to do more. How many of you have ever felt like if I just did more? This is what this is what it is. This is this burden that we can we can get caught up in. Well, if I just did more, if I just took on another job, if I just did more, then maybe that would help. And I'm convinced, listen, I'm absolutely convinced that this is still how the devil operates today. I'm convinced that he's trying to wear you out. I'm convinced he's trying to make you busy. And I know this is true for me. I make worse decisions when I'm tired and wore out. You feel exhausted? Yes? Here's how you know if it's a spiritual issue. Listen, if you don't write anything else down, write this down. Here's how you know whether exhaustion is a spiritual issue and not just a time issue. Because when when burnout comes... I don't think burnout comes by doing too much. Burnout comes by doing the wrong things. Burnout comes by doing too much of the things that don't matter. Look at me. You're never going to get it all done. But are you working on the things that matter? Yeah? So if you go on vacation and you're not rested, see, rest isn't inactivity. Listen close. Rest isn't inactivity. Rest is a condition of your soul. It's a condition of your soul. So here's the deal. If you feel enslaved, if you feel empty or exhausted, You're a candidate for this very first promise. And what what does God want to do? He just wants to get you out of there. Out of there. He wants to get you out. Come on, everybody. So what does this have to do with Easter? It has everything to do with resurrection. And I'll I'll show you in just a second. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, 
kill, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. This is the words of Jesus. Remember, the final promise is what? Fulfillment. If you're not experiencing fulfillment, you're not getting what's available to you. Okay? And I'm literally trying to get you to see this. And why wouldn't you go after it if that's available to you? You can actually have it. You can have a, you can have a fulfilled life. You can have a life of all that God has for you. Right? Romans chapter 8 verse 11 in the message, it says this. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if, he, or that if, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, you are delivered from that dead life with his spirit living in you. In your body, your body will be as alive as Christ. That's incredible. You're not supposed to just celebrate Easter. You're supposed to experience Easter. You're supposed to experience a resurrection. You're supposed to experience a celebration. Come on. Right? Why, do we, why are we loud when we sing? Why are we demonstrative? Why do I raise my hands? Because I've experienced a resurrection of a dead soul. Are you with me? Because of that, I want to thank God outwardly. I want to celebrate Him. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven, and the future starts now. Had to catch my coffee. So excited. If it was a full cup, it wouldn't have done that. The future starts when? Now. The future starts. So here's the, here's the offer for you. God is saying, I will bring not just the Israelites out from under the yoke of bondage. I will bring who? You. I'll bring you. I'll bring, I'll bring you. You. I'll bring you out from the yoke of bondage. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not asking you to be more religious. All I'm saying is that the first thing that is available to you, and I mean you could stay in bondage if you like, but I can't imagine why you would want to. I can't imagine anyone enjoying slavery, enjoying exhaustion, enjoying the sense of loss, of potential and fulfillment that they just choose to stay there. God wants to bring you out. You're like, mm, I don't know. Listen, that's the most stubborn thing a human being could do is look God in the face and say, my idea is better than yours. God wants to bring you out. So I want to I conclude today with a couple questions. First of which is this. How do we get here in the first place? I think there's a disappointment in the fact that we're in bondage. Yes? And I think that because we don't even like admitting that we have a problem, it can be shameful for us to say, I'm living a life that I know that I was not intended to live. So there's shame that comes that sets us back even further. That we're like, eh, I don't want to admit because admitting failure is something I've been told that is wrong my entire life. Well, what if I told you this? It will set you free. Because when you start admitting that you can't do it on your own, you start admitting that you're in need of a relationship with someone that can help you right where you are. And there's not a person in this room, there's not a person on this planet that doesn't need help. I want to ease the shame by saying we all end up there. You didn't leave 
to go be a slave somewhere. The children of Israel didn't do that. For most of us, we end up in that condition because we've just drifted. We didn't just connect with God and all of a sudden we wake up like we're miles apart. It's just a drift. I talked to a guy recently who said, you know, Pastor, I didn't grow up in a house where people had a relationship with God. We never went to the, we never went to church. And truth be told, I was taught more that people who needed that sort of thing just aren't strong people. But over the last couple years, there's just been this internal thing, this tug on my heart, these questions that keep coming up. Wondering, is there something I'm missing? For some of us, for some of us, we ended up in bondage because of compounding bad mistakes. Yes? You ever see the life of these celebrities, right? Remember, and and I, I have no idea what her life's like now, but remember a few years ago, Britney bald-headed Spears. Remember? Like, it was a train wreck. Like, in slow motion and the world was watching, it's like, oh, no, she's not going to. Oh, she did. Have you ever, have you ever felt like that when you turn and look behind you, at times, maybe it was you, maybe it was people around you, maybe it was... there's just at times been some bad decisions that piled up, right? You know, sometimes when we get down, really to get out of that, it's like you need some good days upon good days upon good days upon good days. You know, know, if we ever get out of the drought, and we will, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take rain after rain after rain after rain. After a winter with lots of snow in the mountains and then some more rain. You know what I'm saying? Like, like blessing on top of So it's got to pile up. It's got to, but, but guys, listen. The contrary happens too. Like you have a bad day, you have a bad week, you have a bad quarter, you have a bad decade, Right? Then in the family lineage, it's like, oh, they had a bad few generations. Right? How do we get out? How do we get out? I don't think most people have the right idea about what salvation actually is. I think most people have associated with the day that I join a church or the day that I decide to read my Bible more. And all those are great, although those are great things. Those are really good things. It's not salvation. There's three things you must do if you want salvation. Remember, this is just getting you out of the bondage. All right, three things. Three things you've got to do. If you want salvation, number one, you've got to make the move with him. Look at me. Paul, get settled in just a minute. Those guys, RJ, he's going to make pretty music with strings on a wooden object. It's beautiful. I don't have that ability. Listen. For you to get out, got to make the move with him. The biblical process for this is the word repent, right? And that word is defined by someone who changes their direction, heads in a new defined way. It's the first step. We've created this day for many of you that you might leave here this day on Easter Sunday, 2023, with repentance upon your life, making the move with God. We've prayed for you. We've prepared for you. God has brought you here. 
but he won't do it for you. Jesus has done all he needs to do to bring you to himself. You now have to make the move with him. Are you with me? It's the first thing. You got to make the move with him. It's what Easter's all about. God came close and he closed the gap between the life you're living and the one you could live. And it's your job to take the next step. First, Second Corinthians chapter 6, 17 and 18 says this, Therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing that I will receive you and I will be a father to you and, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Come out from, come out. You've got to come out. God says, I will bring you what? Out. Now he's saying, come out. Number two. So number one, you've got to make the move. Number two, you've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. There's always things you're going to have to let go of. People want to go with God, but they want to hang on to the things that are destructive. You got to let it go. If you saw a toddler walk out of the kitchen with a knife in their hand, blade down, you wouldn't just say, Oh, let that thing go. You got to put that down. What would you do? Very calmly. What would you do? You'd walk toward them. And if you knew the child, you'd try to convince them the best way you know how not to scare them. You certainly wouldn't grab the blade and pull it out of their hand. What am I saying? God's not going to take all that stuff and yank it away from you. You got to let it go. You got to put it down. Look, look at me real quick. Look at me real, real close. Listen, listen, look, look at me. Oh. Egypt's not that good. It's not that good. Mark chapter 8. Anyone who comes with me Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. This is so hard for people. You're not in the driver's seat. I am, God says. Follow me and I will show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to saving yourself. Here's the last one and we'll pray together. Last one is this, commit your life. Commit your life. You got to make the move with him. You got to let some stuff go and then you got to commit. Commit what? Your life. Not not your afternoon. God doesn't want your 2 p.m. He wants your life. It's not enough just to come out, but you've got to commit your life to something else. You've, You've had your allegiance to something. It's time to... Assign your heart to something else, someone else. And it's, it's huge. Romans chapter 6, verse 19. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. We get to choose to give our lives to Jesus Christ who came and made it possible. He made a way possible for us to have a relationship with God. How did he do it? He removed all the sin in our lives from us that was accounted unto us, that was written down on our ledger of life. And he went to, he went to the cross and he lived and he died and then he rose again so that we could live in honest, pure relationship with him. Nothing in the way. That's a relationship, everybody. That's a relationship. Jesus didn't come to offer you religion. 
came to put you on a journey of relationship with himself. And so today I want to invite you to begin a relationship with God all over this room. So many of you already have a relationship with Jesus, but I want you to understand if you're here today and by any reason you don't have a relationship with God, maybe in the past you were close to him and you just aren't now. Maybe it's a, a series of bad mistakes, of horrible decisions or Whatever the case is, maybe, maybe you've never really had a relationship with God. Maybe, maybe you grew up in a home that didn't honor God, that didn't think that they needed God. Listen, today's the day. Don't wait. I want to pray for you. Would you just bow your heads all across this room? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love. On this day, we celebrate Easter. We celebrate Passover. Last Sunday, we started celebrating. We're not done celebrating because today we're about to go home and there is a feast awaiting us that's going to be awesome. But God, before we get there, what you have served up here, is before us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do your work in the lives of every single person that has heard this good news. With your eyes continue to be closed, your heads bowed, I'm just going to ask you, what are you going to do with this man, Jesus? Are you going to believe? Are you going to accept? Are you going to receive? Are you going to follow him? Or are you going to choose your own way? What he's promised, we've talked about it in weeks past, we'll continue to talk about it, is that he wants to bring you out of the bondage that you're in and set you free. There's many of you right now ready to make that decision of salvation. You want Jesus in your life. You want to be in relationship with him, following him. If that's you, raise your hand all over this room. Come on, if you want Jesus, if you want to be in that relationship with him, come on, raise him high, raise him high, raise him high. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful. See, without a relationship with Jesus, we're left to fend for ourselves. We're left to pay for our own sin. And I'm just telling you, that won't go well because what pays for sin is death. And Jesus has come and he's lived and he's died on our behalf. So we accept you now, God. We accept you now. Come on, those of you that raise your hand, raise your hand one more time all over this room. Come on, raise them up, raise them up, raise them up, raise them up. God, I'm so thankful for what you're doing in the lives of the people that are here today. I want to ask you to pray a prayer with me. And I'm just going to tell you, if this prayer isn't heartfelt, it's just words spoken to an atmosphere. It'll mean absolutely nothing, but what your heart does and connecting with God, you sincerely pray these words and, and begin a process of change in your life. The Bible says that you will be saved. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, that he, he went to the cross on your behalf, that he died, that he rose again, that you might be saved. The Bible says that God will save your soul. You'll begin a relationship with him. Would all of you pray this prayer with us today? You can stand to your feet all over this room. You've been sitting for a long time. Come on, stand up, stand up. And let's pray together on this beautiful Easter Sunday where people are giving their lives to Jesus. Isn't it exciting, everybody, that people are choosing 
Jesus Christ. Can, can we all pray to, together? Listen, if you're here and this is, if this is the decision that you're making, pray this prayer. If it's not the decision you're making, don't pray the prayer. Don't just give God lip service. But I can't encourage you enough. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't know that I'm ready. Would you come see me this next week? Can we talk? I'm an easy guy to talk to. But I want nothing more than for your life to be in the hands of God. Amen. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, come on, just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, today I choose you. You moved and came here to earth to live for me, to die for my sin, to go to the cross, to be resurrected, that I might have life. So I choose you. I accept you as the Savior of my soul, the Lord of my life. Help me, God. I repent of sin. I turn away and I turn toward you. I give you my life. Help me to live for you every single day. Help me to love you more, to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just rejoice today in all that God has done in this house? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Hey, listen. Seriously. If you got saved today, if you've given your heart to Jesus, next week we're going to baptize people. Well, I don't know. I might need some time. Don't wait. Tell the world. I made a decision. Let's have a party next Sunday and invite all your friends. and all. You're like, we can't fit now. We'll sit people up here. We don't care. We'll do it outside. Whatever it takes. Yes? Let's keep going. God's good. He loves you. He has his best for you. A church, listen, we say it every week. We don't leave the church. We leave as the church to go into effect the community and the people that God has placed us with. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fa or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.